I'm lucky to be in Regina today. It's, um, what is it, August 19th, 13th, 2009. And I'm sitting at the SCIC office. We've just had an alumni meeting. And I have an alum, alum, it's alumnus from, uh, that's a, did a short-term service with QSO. What's your name? Uh, Bill Warner. Hi, Bill. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. And you? I'm great today. So, Bill, when did you um, do your service with QSO? Uh, what, what, uh, what part of your life? Were you very young or in the middle of your career? Or? No, I uh, had determined that I was going to take some time out of my, out of my career uh, in, in my early 50s ah. and uh, do some volunteer work and have a look at the world from, from that perspective. So I took uh, deferred salary leave uh, in uh, 2003 mm -hmm. and I uh, did some work in, in Vanuatu for the Vanuatu government on a volunteer basis. Now, how you got to do this project is really interesting, but tell me something, where in your career in the, would I say civil service? It was civil service, yeah, government of Saskatchewan. And in the government of, what were you doing in the government of Saskatchewan? At the time I was uh, working with federal provincial uh, relations well, what does that mean? Uh, it, it deals with the uh, relationship between the central government and the subnational government. And in Canada, that's, that's the provinces. Okay. So does that mean work on health care, child care, those kinds of things that the federal government has? Yeah, it means the entire range of relations between the provinces and between the provinces and the federal government. The area that I was particularly working on had to do uh, with more social services and, and health services and the relations between the governments and cost-sharing various oh. benefits. At that time, uh, one of the key uh, focal points of interest had to do with the National Child Benefit that was just being developed at that time. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, the children's National Children's Agenda, uh, which was a federal-provincial uh, initiative that emerged uh, roughly in about uh, 1998. So what, what did you study in university? Uh, I uh, had a, have a master's in social studies which was basically a multidisciplinary self-directed generalistic uh, kind of approach that essentially focused on political economy. And where did you study? At the University of Regina and at uh, the University in uh, Ottawa at Carleton University. Oh, you were at Carleton. Okay. I was at Carleton. Yes. Oh, yeah. wonderful. So you, in the middle of your career, and you decide to take time, and you decide that you want to do some work overseas. Tell me how that happened, because you didn't do do it like normal people, like go on the web, apply at QSO VSO or QSO at that time, and get an assignment. You did it a different way. Uh, I, I I did. Um, and by the way, this is innovative, people. <laughs> this, is, this is innovative, yeah. Um, you know, when you're doing a deferred salary leave, you put away part of your salary for a number of years, six years in my, in my case, and then you get to take a year off and do whatever it is you'd like to do. Okay. And I thought that I would know uh, what I would like to do after six years, but in fact I didn't. And time was running out, and, and I, I was being forced to take my leave. And so um, I knew a couple of things. One, that uh, I wanted to do something that was interesting 
uh, and two, that it, I wanted to do something that was useful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was very interested in, in doing some volunteer work uh, outside, of, outside of the country. And uh, I, I had been in, in touch with uh, CUSO uh, in Canada, and, but they didn't have any particular assignments at that time. And we were focused on long-term assignments? Particularly focused on two-year assignments, and I didn't have two years. Mm. Uh, so what I determined to do was to take the principle of uh, six degrees of separation. All right, yes, <laughs> of course. And I knew that between, between me and, and the job that was right for me, uh -huh. there was only a couple of people. Uh, so I sent out an email to about six people that I knew around <laughs> the country, telling them that what I was doing, that I was taking this leave, uh, that I wanted to do some service work uh, that was interesting and useful and so on. And if they knew of anyone who could help me uh, in, in this quest, that they should pass this letter along to them. And uh, within about a week or ten days, I had some uh, some uptake on that. Wow. And, and, and one of the responses that I had uh, <laughs> was from Rebecca Seidel, uh, who was the program coordinator in Vanuatu. With CUSO. With CUSO. Uh, and uh, Rebecca noted that uh, my situation was of interest to her, uh, but that she also commented that they didn't have actually any money. But she did have a line on uh, a particular project that was right up my alley and would make maximum use of my skills and abilities and education and so on. So we engaged in a, in a, in a dialogue, uh, essentially, and uh, that wherein, you know, I was able to because I was on deferred salary leave, uh, I didn't really need an income. You just need a place to what I needed, hang your hat. What I needed was some assistance in finding a modest place to live. Yeah. And after a period of, of, I would say, about four weeks of corresponding back and forth where she uh, worked with the Vanuatu government to identify the particulars of the project that they wanted and whether or not they would be interested in me, and we corresponded back and forth. Uh, finally, she, she uh, offered me uh, to stay at, at her place because she was in and out of the country for oh. periods of time and needed someone to look after her house in any event. And so... <laughs> you ended up getting that gig. <laughs> so, so that worked out uh, uh, very well. So, so you end up... Uh, oh, yes, before you even sent... When you sent this email out, did, had you ever heard of Vanuatu? Never heard of Vanuatu. What is Vanuatu? Uh, Vanuatu, most people know of it, uh, older uh, people would, would know of it as the New Hebrides. Oh, okay, yes. You, you'll remember it from your school maps as the New Hebrides. And Vanuatu decolonialized uh, about 26 years ago, 25, 26 years ago. How many islands? Yeah, Vanuatu is about 80 some islands. Uh, spread out over a large area. Uh, the entire country has about 200,000 inhabitants wow. mm. spread over those, those islands uh, and speaking over 100 
distinctly different languages. You heard it, because uh, I've heard that before, and, and it's uh, yeah. that's very unique. Yeah. It's like our First Nations people in, in Canada, very unique languages for each one of them. The common, the common languages, because it was a colony of both um, Britain and France, France yeah. uh, so it was called a condominium, uh -huh. Actually, a strange term, but uh, I, I learned that term as well. Uh, English and French are two of the official languages. The third language uh, is is a is a pidgin language uh, called Bishlama. Bishlama. And that is the the language of, of daily life and daily commerce. Do you remember particular. anything in Bishlama? I don't remember a lot in Bishlama, but I'll tell you, uh, I I uh, listen to uh, music that I now have from Vanuatu, because I was just back there recently and uh, bought some of their uh, the, the CDs that are now coming out of Bishlam. Very talented work that, that, that is coming out of, uh, out of Vanuatu, particularly a band called Nayo. Uh -huh. um, and, um, I just got a CD with that band on it. With Nayo? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and I carried that around on my iPod. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's a, actually, a, you know, the, the lyrics are in either Bishlama uh, or in French or, or in, in English. And I've got one tune that's actually in, in one of the local languages as well. Uh, so, so, and I, have, uh, I carry that around on my iPod. So in, in normal English, <laughs> tell me what your assignment was. Did you work for the government there? I did. I worked for, for the government of that Vanuatu and Ministry of uh, Internal Affairs. Uh, and that department was responsible for the relations between the central government, and Vanuatu is a unitary state, so they don't have a national government in provinces, mm -hmm. but they do have subnational governance units. On the, each of those islands? Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's a, a couple of islands that would form one of these. They're, they're more like municipalities. Okay. But they, I think they actually call them provinces there, but there is no provision for subnational governments or provinces in the, in the constitution of Vanuatu. It's a unitary state. Okay. But having said that, uh, you do have to have relations between the central authority and the and the local people out on in the island communities. And the people in the local island communities uh, do have their own uh, organizational structures for their local governance. But why would they need someone like you? What was missing? What was missing in the skill set, or what was? Well, don't forget, Vanuatu uh, is uh, a, a, new, a new country. Okay. It's only 25 years old. Oh, okay. All right. That puts it in perspective. Okay. So, so they're building their, their civil service. Uh, and, you know, with only 200,000 people and only 30,000 people in their capital city um, of, of Port Villa, uh, it's a real challenge to be a country in the world. Mm, okay. Where you are challenged to uh, be part of the United Nations, to join uh, the, the World Trade Organization uh, and various other international organizations and structures and to engage, and Vanuatu does engage, with many uh, countries around the world. Now, I, you know, how you do that with such a small population and such a small um, civil service is, is really quite interesting, especially 
when uh, the majority of the people live in small villages on, on islands that don't really have electricity or running water or anything uh, like that, and have limited uh, health care, limited education uh, services, and so on. Uh, so it's quite a challenge to, on the one hand, take care of domestic matters, while at the same time uh, being, being part of the a world. country in, 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 a, in a globalizing world. So your experience, provincial-federal relations, would have come really in handy there, and all the work that you've done in the past. Yeah, what it pertained to uh, was, was the fact that uh, they had done a consultation, a major consultation in, I think it was 2001, where they consulted with the people all over the country, and uh, where people told them what needed to change mm. in order to give them a better voice. Mm. Uh, the government was interested in providing more responsibility and more authority at the local level, uh, and uh, I think advancing at the same time uh, various democratic uh, uh, ideals at the same time. Hmm. While, at this, while respecting the, the traditional custom hmm. and local governance that was based on a chief system. Oh, okay. All right. So it's highly complex. Sounds like but, it. But, so, but they ended up with about 196 some odd recommendations that came directly from the grassroots of the people. Hmm. The challenge for the government was what do we do with these recommendations? How do you implement them? And how do you implement them? Not only how do you implement them, how do you even get them before Parliament? Oh my God! In okay. order, in order to approve a program of implementation. Give me an example in common English of, I mean, common language, because I'm sure it's a very complex field. One of those recommendations. It's not all that complex when it comes right down to it. Giving women a, a greater voice in local affairs. Okay, that's wonderful. A gender issue. Yeah, a gender issue for, for sure. Or giving local communities a greater voice uh, in their local local government. It's almost the same as would be in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, some some of the, the things were were very um, direct, like that. So, putting work work aside and your volunteer experience, um, what did you come away with as a human being serving in a wonderful place like that? What did what what changed in you? Did anything change in you? Uh, I I would say that it did. Um, for one thing. You know, I certainly, it, it, it was a humili uh, humbling, uh, humbling mm. kind of experience mm. in that uh, I'm sure that I, I learned so much from my engagement uh, with, with the people in Vanuatu. I heard they're very warm people, interesting people. And complex. Complex. And oh. Complex as well. But certainly, uh, uh, you know, and, and you'll hear this respect to the third world in general, very community-oriented, uh, and so on. So, you know, um, you know I, would, I would say I learned a lot 
about engaging in community and the importance of community. This is something that uh, you know in in the uh, I say the Western world, Canada, the United States, and the, and the, the so-called developed countries. Mm. Uh, you know, I think we've lost uh, track of, or maybe didn't have the same appreciation uh, for for community. Uh, I certainly don't experience the kind of of, of community relations uh, here in Canada that I that I did in Vanuatu. Isn't it also amazing that when you're a Canadian and you go overseas? how welcoming people can be to you and wouldn't it be wonderful i know this is a bit off topic that we be so welcoming to those that come to our country well i hope that we are mm -hmm. and i and i have heard expressions uh, uh, you know that people do believe that that we are mm -hmm. but but people coming from um, countries uh, you know, some of the latin american countries or african countries or or pacific countries uh, do comment that the nature of community is not as strong as their home in Canada. So it's not only that you know mm -hmm. the, the returning uh, volunteers or cooperants you know notice it when they come back. Yes, uh, people coming here notice it as well. You were there on a short-term assignment. You went back to the community. Was anything that you worked on was it continuing the work? It was. It was, and that was very. Uh, Heartening. It, it took a while. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the the plan for implementation was put in place before I left, mm. um, and it involved basically identifying which government ministries were responsible for which implementing which of these recommendations, mm -hmm. and uh, having them uh, develop their own plans mm. about how these things were going to be implemented or if they didn't make sense and weren't going to implement them to ex be able to explain uh, why that made sense. Uh, now, they wanted some ongoing uh, assistance in order to um, fully implement this, th this plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things about Vanuatu is that uh, they have volunteers there from many different countries, mm. from Canada, from the U.S., from Britain, from France, from uh, China, from uh, Japan. Wow. <laughs> and so there's quite a large expat uh, community there, from New Zealand, from Australia in particular. And uh, they did get some funding from uh, New Zealand to create a, uh, a position in the same uh, Department, actually two positions in the same department that I worked in for the purpose of implementing. But, you know, it took, because of the, there were elections that intervened um, and changes in government, uh, you know, they don't have a government that it's, it's all based on uh, um, coalitions that are always changing mm -hmm. and, and so on. Uh, and because of that and various intervening elections, it took them a couple of years to actually be able to uh, implement get the get the funding, funding and get the people in place. But when I was back uh, in in February, they they did have uh, the program in place and staffed, and it was it was continuing, which I understand 
uh, is not always the case. No, it's, I mean, that's, that's called sustainable development. When you go and you start something and it continues on, it's not always the case. Yeah. But in your case, that's wonderful that you went back and checked. So I'm going to ask you some key questions. What's the big food that they eat in Vanuatu? Well, a lot, a lot of the food is, is based on uh, uh, roots. On the roots? On the roots. Cassava. Cassava, okay. And, and kamala. All right. Okay. And what do they and, like to drink? Uh, well, they do, they do have kava. Okay, kava. Uh, which, is, which is the national drink, which is also a root. Yes. Um, so they, uh, that's, a, that's a popular drink. But, of course, there's also the various uh, you know, fruit juices and, and so on. And the beer is Tusker. Tusca. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I really, really appreciate the work and your service with QSO and QSO VSO, as it's now called. And I encourage you to do it again when you feel like it. I don't need a lot of encouragement to do it again. <laughs> Come and do it again. Short-term assignments with QSO VSO are certainly available. Expertise like yours and others our average age of recruitment is around 44, so you're in the picture. And come on over and start it, try again. And maybe you'll get placed somewhere else and do another exciting adventure. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure.